Welcome to the Talk with Clads podcast. Your host is Katie Ann, an island girl on a journey with her guests to learn about their backgrounds, businesses, passions, experiences, life lessons, and wins. Come and laugh, cheer, learn, and plan with us. My friend, take some time to come and talk with Clads. Welcome to Talk with Clads. My name is Kimian and I will be your host for today. We have a special podcast this week as a part of our partnership with the with UNESCO and um, their Media and Information Literacy Week. We have invited back the awesome, awesome nub for profit, the Alleluia Tribe. <laughs> From the Alleluia Tribe. We have the president, Mrs. Barbara Daphnis Mark, and also the vice president, Mrs. Miss Stephanie Alexis. Ooh, I'm trying to get you married already, girl. <laughs> Ladies, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having Hello. us again, Miss Kay. So I wanted for you um, ladies just to recap what is the Alleluia Tribe? Yes. Hi, Miss Katie. And thank you so much for welcoming us back to this platform. It is a privilege. It is an honor to be here. Um, We are so grateful for this opportunity to again, you know, just have a wonderful conversation. Um, In a nutshell, Alleluia Tribe is a young nonprofit. Um, Our mission is to promote a culture of honoring God through acts of service, benefiting those affected by poverty, terminal diseases, um, disasters and imprisonment. So basically, we're just a group of young adults, children, college students. It's a whole army of volunteers or of Haitian descent mostly that just want to make a difference in the world. And it's not mostly about um, good deeds, but it's also about honoring the Lord. Okay. So I know, as you said earlier, that you that a lot of the volunteers and members are of Haitian descent. And there's a lot of things that have been going on with Haiti. There is political conflict, and then there is also natural disaster. And I know you, you've been the boots on the ground um, trying to get into Haiti. So how does the political conflict, how does that play a part in effect, or how does it impact um, what you've been doing so far? Wow, where do we start? The struggles of the Haitian people, our struggle, because I'm Haitian, right. American myself, are, are many. Yeah. are many but also um one thing that we we can identify with um with almost every Haitian is that we're very resilient so every time there is a struggle we have to try to overcome it life itself uh, um the daily activities of life for any particular Haitian is a struggle in itself so most definitely we have been impacted by the political crisis in Haiti the efforts that we've been trying to serve um, the Haitian brothers and sisters that have been affected by the earthquake have definitely been impacted by it. Um, the fear is, first of all, I think the biggest woodblock. You know, people may have good intentions. They want to do well. They want to help. They want to be the boots of the ground. But the fear is 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 um like causing some types of um, handicap, you know, it's um, because you're afraid. I want to go and I want to help, but you know, I may not come back. So what is the feedback that you've gotten? Like what, what are you hearing that people are fearful of? They're fearful of uh, um, the insecurity itself. Um, They're fearful of safety because um, if they, they have, if you're coming in because you're easy target, because if you're coming in, you're um, bringing good, whether or not these goods are uh, for sale or donation, you're a target because um, most people are, are being threatened by um, the, the fear of getting kidnapped. You know, uh, the fear of getting kidnapped, the fear of not uh, having the opportunity to actually serve the target audience because there's so much need. You might, you know, want to go to a certain um, population and not even get there because you're 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 being um, targeted. So has the oh, go ahead, Steph. Another fear that I've seen and hear even among my friends and colleagues is that they don't always believe with the non-for-profit that whatever they're donating or giving will go to those in need. A lot of times previous nonprofits in the past have either overpaid their staff and, you know, maybe 25% have gone to those who really need it or none of it. So that's one of the biggest fear that I encountered when I was talking to friends or colleagues. They were saying, like, can we really trust and believe that this will go 
to those who really need it. So yeah. Okay. And so, and I, and I actually, and one of the reasons why I loved hearing your podcast was what you do with your donations. Yeah. So can you explain to the listeners what percentage of the donations go to the community that you're helping? Well, basically 100%. Because um, we're, we really believe in um, having great stewardship with what people have entrusted us with. So we are, we, even though we're a very young nonprofit, those of us who go on the mission trips, um, we pay our way. You know, the administrative costs, um, we're responsible for that. So uh, um, that's, one, that's something that I'm very passionate about, um, making sure that everything that has been entrusted to us goes straight to the field. And there is so much need it feels like, you know what, if I'm able to pay my own ticket, why do it has to go under administrative cost, you know, so we can be able to maximize uh, um, the output, the opportunities that we have to serve others. While you mentioned the fear and it's I, I, I totally agree with Stephanie, the corruption, yeah. Yeah. you know, that exists, you know, yes, corruption is everywhere, but it's something that is very much present. And okay. it's like like the elephant in the room, the corruption that exists in so many uh, institutions in the Haitian um, community. And um, so there is that fear, that fear that, you know, whatever they have donated will not go or it's going to be mismanaged. Right. You know, so um, so the idea of us of serving with integrity is very much innate in what we are. And also um, knowing that what we're doing, we're not doing it just to feel good. We're doing it to impact others and also to honor the Lord. So that kind of fuels us to continue, you know, trying to find um, um, ways to serve in the most ethical ways. Okay. CLAD's resources and consulting values its customers. Our Planner Footsteps to My Vision is a 13-month planner that can be used for five years. It walks you through SMART goals, SWOT analysis, action planning, and holds you accountable through three monthly check-ins. We work only with top quality materials, innovative designs, and verified suppliers, which are guaranteed to deliver to our high expectations because when it comes to our customer satisfaction, there's no room for compromise. Made with high quality PU leather and paper planner helps you focus on achieving your goals by giving you a sense of personal and professional satisfaction. Some of the amazing features of this product, vision board planner, luxury pen, eight gigabyte USB flash drive, wireless mouse, ultra elegant packaging box, available in five stunning colors, black, red, gold, pink, navy blue. Material, PU leather, 13 month planner, elastic band for easy handling. Our footsteps to my vision is available at Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, our website, and at Walmart. You may also follow us at www.cladsresources.com, Instagram, Clads Resources, Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Clads Resources forward slash. You're listening to Talk with Clads. Find more resources online at cladsresources.com. Now back to the show with your host, Katie Ann. So I uh, you you mentioned security. So, so I explain what it is like to go to Haiti now. I can explain because I've gone to Haiti many times before even the dis natural disasters happen. I've gone to see family um, just to take a vacation. And usually when you go, even at the airport, it's like friendly. There's music playing. Um, of course, when you go outside, there's a lot of people just waiting and inviting to taxi, like any place in any airport. But now it comes with that fear of um, if you're going into a car, are you being followed? If those who are asking um, for help will if you actually give it to them, will they now think you have more and want to take what you have for yourself, take to them? I know there's like a place in Haiti, I don't remember the name, but driving through that city is like a dead zone because there's a, a lot of back and forth shooting. We can speak on our recent experience, right. if you don't mind. <laughs> um, the, our recent trip, we took it during Labor Day weekend. 
um, to go to Haiti and serve um, the people from Lekai, a commune called Cavaillon, Sika. So it's about an hour and a half or two hours away from the main city of Lekai where the earthquake happened. So we tried, we kind of coordinated everything to make sure that we did not have to go through Paul Press. Come to find out we had to take our flight and go there. And we just went, we, we just, uh, we were so grateful to have Missionary um, Fellowship Association um, that um, chartered a plane for us from Paul Prince to Lekai. That was the initial plan. But our plane was late. So the plane, we took a connect, the connecting flight was supposed to be MAF. So we were afraid that we were going to be stranded in Paul Prince. Okay. So when we got there, we missed the flight from MAF. We really tried to accommodate us, accommodate us on so many occasions. So we had to make the decision, are we going to take the road? And we had heard from friends and families that there had been unrest. There had been shootings Shooting. that same day when we arrived. <laughs> so we had to pray. Literally, we, we prayed <laughs> and those of us who never had a nervous breakdown kind of felt <laughs> like, OK, and imagine we're like three women right. on that on that trip. So there were no guy accompanying us. So the the, the, the gentlemen we're going to work with, you know, we're in, already in Lekai. So we had to pray and go through that journey by faith. Yeah, I remember sitting in the car with it was me. Barbara, another one of our volunteers, and we literally had to take a vote on whether or not we would take this risk. And Barbara was like, I, I'm one in. I fully believe we can do this. And then I was like, I'm half a vote. And then the other volunteer, um, her name is Celine. She was like, I'm half a vote. And we were like, okay, that's two out of three. We're going to put <laughs> both of our halves together. And then we literally had to sit in a car. Like, driver gave us five minutes. And we had to pray because we heard so many stories and craziness that was happening that day. People passing, even, you know, right before we got there. So that's what we mean by the unrest. There's shootings. There's kidnapping there's so much unrest that when you go there you're always looking over your shoulders and making sure that you're safe so in that car give us a visual <laughs> yeah so um mind you when we're going there because we're trying to avoid traveling driving by, driving car. by car to the area that we're known is like very dangerous which is called matisa so we prayed but knowing that the lord you know gave us that seal of approval i said lord we are supposed to go to Lekai. You showed us that we are in your will. So we're going to move forward by faith. And that was faith that pulled us through. So basically, we tried to avoid many uh, um, going. We even tried to charter a plane. When, the, when we lost the MAF plane, we tried to charter a plane because, remember, we do not want to use any... Our meager okay. funds. Yeah. Our meager funds were not as much. Our personal funds. So the guy's asking us $800 to charter, you know, a plane. So we're like, okay, we don't have that kind of money. So we're going to have to go by car. By car right. So after we voted, so I felt this like big burden on my shoulders. I said, Lord, now I wish I came by myself. <laughs> I would have went through this on my own. But now I have two individuals with me whose lives kind of um, rest on my decision. So I said, guys, just give me three hours. Let's just trust God and we are going to fast our way through here. And the driver that we got, and it just happened to be that the gentleman knew our late pastor late um senior pastor when we said where are you guys going and we were talking about yeah we're trying to go that's stephanie's talking about her recent trip to fontarise and he was like hey i know your pastor dr etienne prophet we were like yeah so it felt that that was the lord giving us a sign that we are in good hands because when you talk about insecurity you also have that risk of that driver who's supposed to take you to safety actually being that person that might end up getting you kidnapped yeah so we felt kind of at ease at peace knowing oh this guy knows our pastor it has you know um so the lord is showing us we can trust that gentleman i just remember sitting in that car and turning the corners of the street in haiti like places i've gone through before and then the guy's like take off your mask you want to look like the locals you know don't speak english don't make eye contact just look straight like i'm like oh my goodness this is it Yes. It's going down. <laughs> like, so we literally were in prayer, you know, time. the whole time and just trusting God to bring us safe. And as Stephanie mentioned, most um um young one of the um ladies that was on the trip, she's not born in Haiti, so her Creole is not that good. So we tend to change from Creole to English and he said do not do not speak. and when and he and he mentioned uh, I said can we avoid going through Matista he was like I'm gonna try so I see he's going different Russell I thought 
we're not gonna go through that and sure enough he said we're gonna get to matissa right now in my heart thank i prayed <laughs> i said god i need you to prove to me today in this hour that you called us on this mission yeah. mm-hmm. i know but my feeble heart my humanity needs you right now. Yeah. We are trusting you. And sure enough, the guy passed and he said, don't turn around. Roll the windows down because we do not want to look that we're trying to keep ourselves sheltered or safe. Yeah, so look, look common. Oh. Look relaxed. So we had to put a relaxed, a relaxed face done. And he went through. And... It was a dead zone. It was like a desert. Yeah. There was no one out. No it one. Was, it I was, guess. there were like two little cars trying to make it, two little, uh, um, I think they call this tap tap, two little, uh, um, like pickup trucks, like that pickups, that those um, transportation taxi trucks. So he, they were doing it and he was like, you know what? I'm going to proceed because I see these two little, uh, um, Two little yeah. tap taps going in, so maybe it's it's safe. So this is the area where the gangs are monitoring. So yeah. they're they're the that's gang their lords. That's their ter- their their turf. So basically, and as he was driving, and it was just a small little uh, um little route, like maybe two blocks, two or three blocks. And I felt I felt I felt so upset. I said, three blocks. We have we don't have a military that can secure three blocks. You know, for us to be fearful of our lives and we're trying to do good. And but one thing that really made us feel um, relieved is when we finally passed and he said, you serve a great God because you just passed Matisa. And for some reason, it felt like it was a testing of our faith because the city just opened. Yeah, there was no one in sight. I guess because there was so much craziness so that no happened. No one that, from the gangs or anything. I like guess that. there was so much that happened that morning in the afternoon. Everyone was like hiding, hiding or away. There was no, like she said, there was maybe one or two cars in the street. There was no one out. Okay, so there. It, um, a lot of times you hear about the seven gangs that mm-hmm. are, are ruling Haiti. So describe to the, le- the listeners, what does that, what are the seven gangs? Well, the gangs are, 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 are just some um, gangs. <laughs> <laughs> no, the gangs are like, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's like a phenomenon to me because I, we never heard about gangs growing up in Haiti. It's like yeah. a new phenomenon. It's like the thing to do right now. Oh, well, you cannot survive. You cannot find uh, um, jobs. You cannot find work. You cannot uh, um, better yourselves. So you know what? We're going to do it the illegal way now. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, that's a lot of people are joining gangs. And, and I guess it's, a, it's a, they, they, they're control. They have a, sense of control or you know an opportunity to make money and the illegal way so there's like not seven gangs i know there's major there might be some major ones if i'm familiar uh, um if i'm saying it right i know there's uh, um the one ruler that oversees uh, many of them but um some of them are very very dangerous and i think these are the ones that are occupying the territory like it's like you feel that you know there's no army there's no um police you know it's the gangs that are actually in power they're actually controlling the country they are so it's like they are the police um there's nine if you're talking about gnf G9 so I think it was an alliance um supposedly the the head the the leader of the G9 is saying they're more of a militia they they don't want to be referred to as gang they're more of a militia citizens that are armed that want to uh, 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 um um defend the interests of the people that are living in the uh, um very uh, unfortunate areas the areas that, that are very stricken by poverty in right. the city so G9 supposedly is defending the rights of the uh, um the poor the poorest of the poor okay basically but they're doing it with guns okay so they've taken on the like the country's under siege <laughs> supposedly so i'm gonna kidnap you because you have money so i'm gonna be able to help you know people that are in need help the poor like a modern day robin hood right so i never heard about robin hood killing people i don't know if i missed that chapter right and then a non-for-profit <laughs> i would think for uh, for most of the part they're there to help the poor community That's and right. for those who can't help themselves so what what is the reaction typically from a yang to a non-for-profit? Well, um, praise God, I have not been face-to-face <laughs> <laughs> with any of them. With any of them. But um, I- I'm thinking most non-profits will try to stay out of their way. You know, because you don't want to get yourself in that predicament. Um, It really saddened me when I heard about missionaries. There was an instance where there was a missionary that got shot, you know, because I guess the road 
you know, once you're saying, because you have to understand, you have the leaders of the gangs, but you have the ones that are, you know, recruits or whatnot. And these are zealots. You know, they're very intimidating. I don't think they actually want to entertain a conversation with someone, whether you're saying, you know what, we are a nonprofit, we're bringing AIDS, we're trying to help. They're going to tell you, this road is block, blocked. You're not supposed to pass through here. You know, and I've heard of incidents about people who are victims from the disaster trying to being, you know, get to the hospital and they would not let them pass. Yeah. yeah. Unless if it was a special uh, um, grace or by divine revelation, <laughs> the Lord is telling you, go and talk to the gangs for you to go ahead and do so. So I would not be able to speak on yeah. that. I don't know. I think a lot of times they just see us like people who have what they don't have. Yeah. They could take it and quote unquote give it to those less fortunate. I don't think they really, you know, most of the time care who it's from. They just see you have something, they don't have it or something that they want. They're going to distribute and do their part, but they're going to take it from you. You're not going to entertain a conversation like Barbara said, like, who are you and where you're from, you know? And also, when we mentioned, we were talked about fear being one of the biggest uh, um, uh, um, challenges. The fear of the individuals that reside in these areas, you know, that are under the leadership of the gangs. Yes, they are feeding them. A lot of the time, those gangs, they are, ab they are able to um, control the minds of the residents because they are actually giving them access to education. I've heard, I've seen podcasts, I've, I've heard podcasts, I've seen videos where the gang leaders are talking about they are the ones that are paying for the schooling, mm. you know, of the, of the kids that lives in these residential areas. They are the ones that are actually doing uh, um, the work that nonprofits supposed to be doing. The yeah. work that social welfare institutions are supposed to be doing. They are giving rice. They are giving oil. They are giving food. So now who are you going to be uh, um, more, um, who are you going to be more loyal to? Right. In a way, they the kind one of that is feeding the you. citizens there because they have been taking care of them for so long. So yeah, they're loyal to them. So um, you don't know, even if you don't see the person is armed, you don't know who's actually targeting you. Yeah. Right. So, and I think that the idea of, the nonprofits have, or, you know, so it's like, even if I take this for them, I seize whatever they're bringing, they can always get more. Yeah. But they don't know the struggle of a young nonprofit. Right. You know, mm -hmm. how much it's sacrifice it took to even, you know, um, get the goods that you're trying to bring. Right. And you're putting yourself at risk because you want to answer your call to serve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, it, it, what you're doing is just amazing. Cause I, I don't think everyone has, People may get called to do it, but they definitely are not answering that call. So I think you guys are doing an amazing job. Haiti is going through so much right oh, now. Oh, yes. You know, like they're, they're going through, it's like they have the natural disaster. They have the political um, conflict going on. And now you have, um, there's a mass influx to like the borders because they're, you know, they're trying to run away. Like they're, they're trying to come to what is the american dream yes and so I, I when i did the last podcast with you i got i mean i got a lot of hate dms like you know like how dare you talk about this or you know so sometimes i think that the, the when you hear the name haiti sometimes it can evoke feelings of hate or love depending on what side of the, the fence you stand or how you feel about it like what has been what reactions have you experienced well that feeling of haiti again you yeah. know, or us again, you know, because um, um, we don't want to be on the spotlight as uh, um, the people that are coming here illegally, right. you know, because um, Haitian people are, are people or nation of, of dignity. We have a lot of dignity, but you, we have a lot of willpower. They, Haitian people, or I would say we, because I'm of Haitian descent myself, we would not take the risk to come if it wasn't because um, of, of the situations at home, right? you know, it's a perilous journey for people to come to the U S either if you're coming by boat or if they're, if you're coming the way that the migrants have, because many of them had to travel and cross like 11 countries to get to hate, to get to the United States because the United States is still considered the quote, I, I will say the promised land. You know, it is that land of hopes, that lens of dreams, no matter how, you know, um, people are saying, um, let's make America great again. It's not great. But for us that are looking from the outside, this is a great land. This is a land of freedom. This is a land where we have access to free education. Now, mind you, in Haiti, you have to pay for education. It is not free. And you have the opportunity to work. And this is what every Haitian is looking for, that opportunity to work and to be able to be a breadwinner. 
you know, and to be able to provide for yourself and you're doing it with dignity. You don't have to compromise, you know, your dignity. You know, that's why I think um, you may have a lot of hate mail because I know there's a lot of people that feel, um, well, immigrants come here to take their jobs away because a lot of people um, may want better um, treatment, better salaries, right. but the Haitian immigrant will come. They will do it for $4. They will do for $4 wise, what somebody wants to do for 20 right. You know, I mean, we there, there, it's like that. There's something in French that says, il n'y a pas de sommet. So that means um, um, whatever work, work is work. Work is an opportunity to earn a living. And this is what we're looking for. This is what these people are, 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 are striving to get, to be able to come to the U.S. and make a living. And we are a collectivist nation. That means that one person that is traveling, he's not just traveling for him or herself. They are traveling for the whole family, for right. the whole community. Because when you are here, you know, that opportunity to make a living, you also have an opportunity to not just feed yourself, but you're able to pay for the schooling for your little cousin, your little niece, your nephew, you know, and also help the ones that are left behind survive. So it is a risk worth taking in the eyes of those individuals that are migrating here. Right. And the American dream. Right. It's still possible. It's it's still accessible. This is what it's in the mind. This is what is fueling the migration. Right. And then they come here, but then there is this mass deportation that's bringing them back. So what happens when they go back or when they get deported um, back to Haiti? Not a lot of good. I've heard like people thinking they will make it here and sell everything they have back home just to take that risk, only to be deported back and have nothing. Right. And... I feel like I'm even worried because a lot of time when we pray, we pray for the healing of these individuals. Because most of these people that are traveling, we've heard so many stories. These people have PTSD. They have been traumatized. A lot of them have been abused by guerrillas. I have heard the testimony of a family whose um, daughters, he had a four and a seven-year-old. His wife was raped in front of him. The four-year-old daughter was raped. The seven-year-old daughter was raped. And he himself was sodomized on the road to make it to the U.S. Now imagine all this. And there have been also stories of a family who lost their child, their only child, on the road by the water, the rivers that they had to cross. So these people have not just lost possessions. They've lost loved ones. They've watched them die. They've watched them being abused. They've been abused themselves. And all for that promised land. All for that promise then. And here we go. It's like, you know what? We went through all this pain, but we made it. No, you didn't make it. We don't want you here. They're, we're go not, back. You know, I, I, one of our most recent leaders, his comment was that, you know, Haiti is full of the immigrants are full with AIDS or HIV. Mm-hmm. So when you hear that hate being spread, you I, know, and, it, it, and the stereotype you know, being a Haitian non-for-profit or of non-for-Haitian descent, how does that make you feel? I think a lot of times we we get overlooked because of those types of comments. Whether someone knows about Haiti or been or never heard about Haiti, all you know is those comments from someone who's in the media or who's well known, who has power. You know, we do have that stereotype and it's not a good one a negative connotation about who we are as a people about who what haiti is as a country yes there's corruption yes there's you know disasters but most countries have this may not be to the extreme of haiti i understand that but that doesn't mean now what is the last you know said like shithole of a country like it's we're still people we're still human beings at the end of the day mm-hmm. We are a very welcoming nation, like in the culture, the Haitian culture. Like if you see a stranger, everybody wants to welcome you. Like if you see like someone who looks white, who looks different, you know, that person is like a superstar Yeah. because <laughs> this is part of the nature. Like we're a very welcoming nation. And I think it's that welcome, uh, um, welcoming attitude that probably got us the AIDS, that got us the cholera because uh, um, people have access to come to Haiti freely. You know what I mean? And um, if you look in the history, how did we get that uh, all these, um, uh, we could say the epidemic AIDS, how did we, it's because of a lot of foreigners that came, you know, that's how it started, you know, like um, poverty stricken um, um, rural neighborhoods, they slept with the kids, they slept with the young ladies, and this is how the AIDS started, you know, becoming an epidemic in Haiti. But it is a stereotype because when AIDS started, uh, um, like people started contracting AIDS, it was all over the world. It was not just, just Haiti, Haiti. No. but we got 
the skip, you know, we got labeled with AIDS because I guess there were incidences where there was a, a lot of incidences of AIDS cases happening. So it's that's something that happened maybe what 20 years ago, but it's still something that we're suffering from. You know, saying that AIDS came from Haiti, and you mentioned that too, saying that you know Haiti is a ta da 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 type of a country. Why is it that? Let's look in the history. You know, I don't even want to, you know, mention it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it was said. But how did we become that? Right. What involvement did... Corruption played a part. Corruption played in it, you know? Right. What involvement the other nation played in it. You know what I mean? So uh, it is what it is. But whether or not we are uh, not welcome, but we are a nation of dignity. Yeah. You know, we are a nation who is very resilient. The Lord has made a way. He will continue to make a way. So what are your plans for the future, especially for services to Haitians at the border? Um, basically, we've been um, trying to brainstorm how we can serve them. We have uh, uh, we are formulating, you know, different uh, um, initiatives. Um, as, as of right now, we are uh, in the process of going preparing for our trip for Jeremy. So we have a trip coming up next Saturday to still service the victims. The needs are so great. We're getting called left and right just to deal with the earthquake. But um, when it comes to the um, to the migrants at the border, um, we're trying to connect with some. Um, entities to see how we can at least service the needs of 10 to 20 families as of right now because our resources are very limited. So the families that have been granted temporary um, stay, we want to be able to provide shelter, nourishment, you know, um, hygiene items and also let them know what life is you know like in the u.s it's like hey you know a workshop you have made it to the promised land what's next you know <laughs> you know you know like getting themselves getting them situated um getting them uh, um, familiar with the laws of the united states how to you know access um certain services like they need to get you know proper id and so on um and you know also i'm um, trying to see if we can connect them to with some um other nonprofits that can help with literacy, that can help them with um, not so much assimilating the culture, but um, with English, learning the language, learning the norms of the American society, which is very different. Um, so we have uh, um, also um, the plan to go at the border and be able to see how we can service, how we can bring some donations to the centers that are actually welcoming them. Okay. And how can listeners help? Wow. They can help. First, by praying, because <laughs> we need lots and lots of prayer. Um, our nation needs lots of prayer, and we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that our God does answer prayer. It will meet us at um, every, every, every of our need in his timing. And also, we believe that um, if someone has an opportunity to help your neighbor, you should go ahead and do so. Do not say, I'm going to help tomorrow or next time, next opportunity. And also trust that you can find a nonprofit that um, works with, um, that functions in integrity. Yeah. So they can help by donating. Of course, they can donate like um, financially. They can donate supplies. You know, um, we need a lot of hygiene kits. Um, we need uh, um, food. Um, but most of all, we need like, the financial, the financial assistance, because the way that infrastructure is in Haiti, it is very difficult. The dilemma that we're having trying to bring the cargo that we have, because we are not focusing on the main cities. We are focusing in the um, the mountain areas, the remote areas. So trying to be um, to take the goods, whatever we receive to take it here, you have to pay a fee for freight, for shipment. And from the boat, you have to get it on a truck and to bypass different territories to actually meet with the people that actually need it, you know? So logistically, the logistics involve, you know, with the cargo, it's better for us to be able to have the funds and purchase some items locally. That will also help boost the Haitian economy, right. you know, being able to buy, purchase the some of the items locally and also transport them. But financially, prayer, 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 prayer. But if you can donate financially, we will definitely appreciate it. And a little goes a long way. It sure does. It sure does. Where do you see in the next year? Like, what are some of the goals of the Alleluia tribe? Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have a, a, a big vision, you know, we have a, a, a great vision. Um, we would like, right now we are operating under the auspices of Haitian Christian Church. So basically our big dream right now is to have our own establishment. We would like to have a shelter, you know, to meet the needs of the homeless and also have a little chapel where people can come in and, and, and be comfortable and know that grace lives here. You know, grace lives in our space, whether you are someone that just got out of prison, whether you are homeless, you know, whatever facets of life you may be from, you are welcome. So being able to have that establishment, that is our biggest um, um, goal that we want to we want to achieve for next year. And continuing to serve, continuing to serve people that are affected by homelessness, continuing to serve those that are are in hospices because we do hospice visitation and and we want the doors to be open to the nursing home so that we can be you know able free to um visit them again and uh, um also the prisoners so just the opportunity opportunity to continue to serve the opportunity to continue to serve and for our listeners were who did not listen to the first podcast that you did um recap some of the services that the Alleluia tribe offers? Okay, some of the services that we offer, um, we do nursing home visits. So uh, a lot of times we know that with the elderly, they're in the nursing home by themselves. A lot of the times the families are not able to go and visit them. So we go, we sing, we spend time talking and just singing and reminding them that there is more to life. We also service the, the prison system. So we partner with different groups and we hand out Bibles, little prayer cards to those who are incarcerated. We service the homeless um, at least two times a month. We go and do feedings. We cook the meals ourselves and we, you know, go to local places like under the bridge or different homeless shelters and we feed those who are, who don't have homes. We talk with them and kind of keep them engaged. We partner with different schools in Haiti and do uh, make sure they're up and running to service those who are in orphanages so they can have access to education oh well we have our yearly um, um thanksgiving feast that we have and um it's an opportunity for us to embrace fellowship with the many who have overcome great adversity and um we did not have it last year because of covid hopefully we are trying to see if we can have it this year you know to have that opportunity to fellowship with those we have uh, um, um cross path with either in the streets or, or in the nursing homes or families that are you know ha affected by mental illness so this is a platform that we have where we can um, share a meal together, break bread together and celebrate, you know, what we have been given. We have been given um, grace. We have been given opportunity to have a better life. So it's, it's a reason to offer Thanksgiving and thanks unto the Lord. And one thing that I forgot to mention, what I, I am dreaming that will come is our, our house of um, refuge, because um, we have this dream to have a house of refuge where um, abandoned children can find shelter and elder, even the elderly also that I, I don't have any people to care for them. They have a home to stay. And we were able in our last trip of Okai to get three children, three babies, not three babies. They're, yeah. they're handicapped, developmentally, you know, delayed. So they're like three, they look like they're around between, some of them are between one to three years old that we were able um, to um, help at the hospital. So these are going to be our new residents, the very first residents for the um, refuge, half of refuge that we want to have. So we would like to see this um, dream come to fruition. Oh, very good. Mm -hmm. Very good. Great job, guys. Now, I, because I, I'm trying to have this mental vision of I'm in the car with you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, looking, making sure I have my relaxed face on. I don't even know what a relaxed face is in those times. And I mean, you guys have with what Haiti's going through, and just in general, because you know your service while you are of Haitian descent. I mean, you are doing other things other than just. So I, I don't want to say okay, it's all about like just giving um, back, and you don't offer any former services. So that's why I wanted you to recap. But I wanted to also hear. You know, me living through your eyes. Um, what was it like when you got to your destination and oh you got? Wow! To I almost kissed the floor and the ground. <laughs> like we finally made it. Wow! It, it was relief. It was confirmation. 
it, when we got there because like I said it's like the seat the city's open in front of after we passed Maltisa and it's like nothing ever happened you saw the, the beauty of the the, the country as yeah. you're driving uh, from the different provinces to get to Lekai and you're seeing people in the streets and we see the progress of some people have their little light bulbs from uh, um um some, what do you call it? the solar solar panels yeah. and so on we're seeing progress we're seeing laughter and when we got there we got there at 10 10 p.m when we got there at 10 p.m and we could see the fear in the eyes of the pastors of the leaders who were waiting for us because we told them we are on our way and so they were like what how can they be on their way they missed their flight so they know it was not the safest or maybe the wisest thing to do to go on the road but we trusted the lord and to continue on our journey and when we got there it was confirmation. Yes, Lord, you did call us. Yeah. Yes, Lord, you were with us. Yes, Lord, you you made us overcome this adversity. Yes, Lord, you have been faithful again and again. Once more, we can see your glory. You know, we see your faithfulness. You see your promises come to fulfillment. And um, one thing that I remember, it was an adventure, Katie Ann. So when we, it was an adventure. It really was. Everybody was relieved. And I thank God. I said, God, thank you. Thank you for keeping uh, uh, um, the staff safe because I felt this load on my shoulder i felt like like their lives apart from the lord you know was rested on me their safety our families didn't know that yeah. we took the road so communicated to our family and said we said yeah we were safe we we're in haiti but we didn't say how we we got to our final destination we we use a lot of discretion our logistic team didn't know our public relations that was like checking us didn't know that we took the road we're like we're safe we're safe we're safe it's when we got there we're like this is how we, we got, got here and we disclosed the information i disclosed it to my husband you know when I told we got my mom back after we got back and then everyone was like you guys have some big kahunas to take that road. and one thing i remember when the pastor was praying with us the welcoming committee we said to god be the glory yeah to God be the glory. Definitely basically. a sign of relief. And for comic relief. And our wonderful um, adventure. When we finally get there. So we get to socialize with the people. They greeted us. We got to eat some nice bouillon. You should know that Haitian dish. You know. Spanish very water. tasty. Oh. And we got to bathe. You know. In a little corner. Like <laughs> as women. We're like. Hey. This is tribal thing now. You know. There's no modern shower. But we were elated that we got to our destination. Now we're about to go to sleep after we pray. Okay. Yeah, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> because one of our uh, um, team members, she got scared when she saw a, a lizard. So she was like, oh my God, a lizard. And as we're lying down and I'm looking this way, <laughs> I see this big, huge, humongous, calf-sized rat. <laughs> <laughs> and I smile. I said, God, you got a sense of humor. <laughs> Because I and I said now nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that uh, um I'm gonna use discretion as a leader because the girls have been through too much. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to say that there is a rat in the ceiling. <laughs> so uh, we prayed and they slept. <laughs> But I kept watch because, you know, I'm trying to keep guard. You know, where is the rat going to go? And we, I didn't see the rat for the rest of, of, of the night. Thank God. And until our trip was over, it's when we got back to the States. Yeah. I said, ladies, I have one final confession to make. <laughs> you know, it when we finally made it an and we were relieving, just celebrating. Guess what was on top of the ceiling? A big life size rat. But hey, the Lord kept us safe. Listen, if you can make it through the gang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're just like so relieved yeah you know just so elated that we kept our yes because they knew we we're coming they expected us we were able to see the it was very um moving yeah the trip was very moving we, we met a lot of interesting people um we got to see the kids you know, in the, the hospitals, we played with the kids and we saw the ones that were um, hurt, you know, um, that had surgeries. You know, we saw doctors without borders. They had tents in the cities and we um, we got to um, to also do some distribution to an area called Jesus. That's another commune. And um, we got to worship with the believers um, in that um, that area, too. And um, we met um, the kids. I felt like the enemy was like keeping us from meeting those three babies that were abandoned, the three toddlers that we found. And also we met this interesting young blind boy. CLAD's resources and consulting values its customers. Our planner Footsteps to My Vision is a 13-month planner that can be used for five years. 
It walks you through SMART goals, SWOT analysis, action planning, and holds you accountable through three monthly check-ins. We work only with top quality materials, innovative designs, and verified suppliers, which are guaranteed to deliver to our high expectations because when it comes to our customer satisfaction, there's no room for compromise. Made with high quality PU leather and paper planner helps you focus on achieving your goals by giving you a sense of personal and professional satisfaction. Some of the amazing features of this product Vision Board Planner, Luxury Pen, 8GB USB Flash Drive, Wireless Mouse, Ultra Elegant Packaging Box, available in five stunning colors, black, red, gold, pink, navy blue. Material, PU Leather, 13-month planner, elastic band for easy handling. Our Footsteps to My Vision is available at Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, our website, and at Walmart. You may also follow us at www.cladsresources.com, Instagram, Clads Resources, Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash Clads Resources forward slash. You're listening to Talk with Clads. Find more resources online at cladsresources.com. Now back to the show with your host, Katie Ann. Where you say you found it with the, where they just they were in the hospital and somebody was taking care of them like volunteers were taking care but they were abandoned kids like some of them were they, they found one in a, in a pile of trash another was in front of the hospital so now we felt that you know you know that's why we were here we were here to help and distribute goods but God wanted us to take these kids under our wings yeah. and the young man that we met that was blind what was very interesting he was a, he. The mom survived the earthquake in Port-au-Prince. She was eight months pregnant. With him. So she started spinning with him in the womb. So she thought that she's thinking that maybe it was the trauma from that that caused him to be born blind. And he also survived the earthquake from Lekai in Lekai. So he survived it in the womb. And he survived it again. And I know that God has a wonderful plan for this young man's life. And that young boy is so talented, Katie. And I'll show you the videos of him playing from a makeshift trumpet. And that boy that's been going through one of out of eight kids, encouraging others, prayed over us, yeah. ministered to us. It was worth the trip. It was worth the journey. It definitely was. When we made it to our destination and saw the church, saw the people waiting for us and how happy, like you said, they were so inviting. Like we were known as diaspora ads because we're from, you know, overseas, but sitting there being with them and fellowshipping with them, like all the things we've been through, it didn't seem like it mattered because that was so much more worth it. And one thing about our philosophy is to serve with dignity yeah. and not just dropping you know, giving a handout, but, you know, being able to fellowship, being able to sit and break bread yeah. and talk and hear their story. Cause everyone has a story, yeah. you know, having that opportunity to, um, be in the midst of the victims, those who were affected by the earthquake and, and seeing their resiliency, yeah. you know, that kind of make us, you know, you know, more humble yeah. to realize, wow, we have been gifted, you know, um, with, opportunities that they have not we are in a safe um area we are living in a country where there's a lot of uh, blessings that was been poured upon this is the land of the free the land of opportunities and these people have so little but yet they are so grateful so that kind of make us more humble definitely you know as we serve to understand that you know the lord is empowering us but let's stay humble and to God be the glory. To God be the glory. So as a part of media and information literacy for the public good, what is a question that I you wanted me to ask you that I have not asked that you'd like the global community to know, to be made aware of? Steph's like looking up her question. She's okay. like, she didn't ask the question. I have it prepared. I mean, I not necessarily a question, but I guess I would want, you know, listeners and viewers to know that, you know, there are still organizations out there that are trying to make a difference. And 
there may be a lot of corruption and unrest, not just in Haiti, but any part that you're called to serve, but just to have that heart um, to be able to help those who are less fortunate. So there are people like Hallelujah Tribe or UNICEF or Doctors Without Borders who want to make a difference. Yeah, yeah. And the Samaritan yeah, Purse the Samaritan Purse was one. And then we saw a missionary associate flights taking us back and forth for free. MEF. You know? So there are people out there still wanting to do good, even for countries who are less fortunate or undeserving, as one might think. But there are still a lot of us who are still trying to answer the call and do good. And that's with political conflict. No matter where. Natural disaster. <laughs> no matter where you call. So with media information and literacy, knowing and having, of course, that media and that information out there, but kind of doing your due diligence to find out for yourself. It's not just always what you see and hear on TV. Fact check. Yes. Definitely. But also kind of getting to the root of like, if you feel compelled or if you feel pulled by something you read in media or something you see on television, kind of looking more and beyond the surface of what you're seeing and kind of pulling in to know more about that organization and how you can help them. Yeah, and I'd also say look past those stereotypes. Yes, you know what I mean? We, we all have uh, some biases towards stereotypes and believe it or not, you may be stereotyped and don't even know it. Yeah. So sometimes, all the times, you should try to look past those stereotypes. And I know media has a big influence on that. It depends on who's saying it first or who has the most power with what they're saying. A lot of times you're like, oh, you know, so-and-so said it. They're, they, they're well known. They, yeah. Of course they will know better, but not really. That's not always the truth in the case. Yeah. And one thing that I, I, I also think about paying for playing it forward. Yeah. And um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, when you give, it will be returned back to you. Doubled. Double or seven over. times, shaken over seven times fold and so on. And sometimes, you know, people tend to, to see it in the sense of what they can see, um, what's tangible. But when you invest in the lives of someone, when when you donate or you do something um, to benefit someone in need, it will come back to you. Mm -hmm. It may not come back to you in the same amount or in the same way. Maybe if I give $10, I'm expecting $20 back or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or I'm going to get money back. But, you know, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, uh, our God, he knows our needs and, yes. and, and, and the Lord blesses from generation unto generation. You you might do a good deed and it's your great children, great grandchild that benefits yeah. from that good deeds, you know? So, um, just opening up our hearts, you know, I, I would love for people to open their hearts, find a, um, a ministry or a nonprofit that, you know, they trust or that is transparent, you know, or, or even if it's in your local area, you know, do good. You know, um, I think there was a, a saying, it's Mother Teresa made it famous, but it's not by her, where they say um, people can be, you know, critical, people can be mean, people can be ungrateful, but at the end of the day, it's between you and God, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I would just love for the listeners to open up their hearts to continue in doing good, you know, to continue in helping those who are in need, whether, you know, you, you may feel that, you know, um, there's corruption or you may feel that you know uh, people might not get it or whatnot open your heart listen to god you know telling you what the lord is telling you to do if you feel like a pressing to help someone go ahead and help it because at the end of the day it's between you and the lord and it's not just about being a philanthropist or doing good but it will come back to you some people believe in karma you know it will come back to you somewhere or another around, comes around yeah yeah so right now it's Haiti that's in need. Right. But we don't know what the future holds. Can be the U some somewhere in the US tomorrow. That may be in need. Or Jamaica. <laughs> you know. It could be anywhere that may in the be world. In need. Yeah, you don't know. know. We may be yeah. called you to don't go know. anywhere right now. We're Let's just see Haiti. humans, you know? Yeah. See humanity, see someone in need. And if you can help, help. Right. I, I think I, with the impact non-for-profit with the natural disasters and the political conflict, one thing I would say is it made it a little bit more, I wouldn't say harder, but we have to get a lot more creative because mm -hmm. we met other um, non, we met another lady who's been doing non-for-profit work in Haiti for like the past 12 years. And she's giving us like tips and feedback and how we have to get receipts now and certain things, even though, you know, the heart of the people, but just kind of becoming you know what we want to see in the world and what we want to see everywhere so definitely 
although it may be a little tricky to go out there and be helpful or go out there and give to those who are in need, but not letting that kind of pull you back or discourage you from doing what you're called to do. Yeah. So that's what I would say in terms of that. So how can um, our listeners connect with you? Well, they can connect with us via email, atribeea at gmail.com, or they can connect with us um, by um through our website, website tribe.com And also we have a YouTube page, Alleluia Tribe, basically on Facebook. <laughs> you know, you can subscribe to our channel, see what we do. You know, we have little images up there. We have video clips, you know, we have images of um, previous work and what we're doing. And um, they can contact us via telephone, if you might, 561 They can contact us. And they, if they want to donate, they can donate via Zelle, via Cash App, Cash App, dollar sign, AlleluiaTribe.com. And what about the Zelle? Is that the 561? 561-707-2241. Okay. Well, ladies, it was a pleasure to have you once again. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, our listeners definitely donate, donate, donate. I mean, you guys are, have really been doing a, mar- a marvelous job. And so I'm going to have Barbara close us out in prayer since Stephanie opened up in prayer. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity um, to talk about your work, Father God, because you are the author of all things that is good. Father God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, your compassion that renews itself every morning. Lord, we thank you for uh, Miss Katie Ann, Father God, and our our podcast, Lord God. We thank you for this platform to be able to engage in um, fruitful conversation, fruitful dialogue about the needs of um, our Haitian brothers and sisters and about the needs of everyone that is affected by um, poverty, homelessness, uh, uh, mental illness, Father God. People that are affected by terminal illness, Father God, Lord, you see, you hear, Father God, you know their needs, Father God, you know the needs of every listener father god and we trust that you will minister to them that you will meet them at their needs point of need father we thank you for your grace we thank you most of all for uh, um your uh, um desire to to save humanity as a whole because while we we're yet sinners christ died for us we thank you father god for um the plan of salvation father god for those who welcome you father god you give us a father god eternal life we are very grateful for that lord we thank you for all those who are responding to your call to serve we thank you for all those for the who are on the grounds for the god at, at different nations rather god different sites serving the needs for the god of the poverty stricken nations father god lord you hear and you see them father god i pray for every ministry that um is involved in haiti father god i pray for every ong father god every uh, uh um non-profit that is involved father god that have left their homes their families to come and help father god um the haitian people father god lord we live lift up our missionary uh, um, fellowship association unto you, Father God. We lift up the Samaritan purse. We lift up doctors without borders, Father God. We lift up the United States as a whole, Father God. All the other nations that think of the needs, Father God, of nations that are father god in distress father lord we uh, we bring unto you the plea of the haitian people those of us who are I- immigrants that are migrating through the border lord we pray for our discernment father god we pray for wisdom for the leaders of the united states we pray for wisdom for the leaders of the haitian government father god we pray for peace father god in our land father god you said in your word if we call upon you you will answer father god and you say if we uh, um, come father god before you with humble heart Father God, if we surrender to you, Father God, you will heal our land. Father, I pray that you will touch the hearts of every Haitian person, Father God, also that we will repent and turn our hearts towards you and turn forward and look unto you, Father God, as our Redeemer, our Savior, Father. Lord, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for everyone that is um, listening to the podcast. Lord, you know their needs. There are many people who may be sick. There are many people who may be going to tests and trials, Father God, all sorts of adversity. I pray that you will minister to them. I pray as they are listening to the podcast, their needs will be met, Father God. I pray that you will make a way where there seems to be no way, Father God. I pray for for deliverance, Father God. I pray for healing. I pray for restoration, Father God. I pray for those who are in prisons, Father God. Those of them who may not have any advocacy, who may not have, Father God, anyone to speak on their behalf, Father God. I pray that they will trust in you, Father God. I pray for those who are hungry right now, 
who is expecting their daily bread, Father God. I pray that you will provide, Father God, as you have always done so in the past uh, for those who, who, Father God, call upon you, Father God. Lord, I pray for um, the healing of our land. I pray for peace because you see, every time that we hear all these news or the negativity or the sadness or the testing or the trials, Father God, all the calamities that have fallen upon us, Father God, that our hearts should not be troubled, but to just trust in you. Father, we trust in you right now and we pray that you will do the good work that you have begun, Father God. You can do exceedingly above all that we can expect, Father God. Lord, we surrender unto you the small resources that we have and we pray that you will multiply it. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for Miss Katie and be with her, bless her, prosper uh, um, the, the podcast, prosper her, uh, her business, Father God, and we thank you in Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at Clads Resources and online at www.cladsresources.com. Our planner, Footsteps to My Vision, is also located on our website or on Facebook, Instagram, or Amazon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep creating your footpath to your vision.